My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Welcome, welcome to my podcast. This is Anna Scott, My Love of Life Energy. And today I have the good fortune and honor of speaking with Judy Narkis, who is coming to us all the way from New Zealand. And I met Judy because we were in a writing course, um, Jill Swale's uh, Method Writing, Write Like You Talk. And um, the more that I talk to Judy, the more I'm blown away by her just in what she sees. And she is also um, somebody who came across the three principles. So welcome, Judy. It's great to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Anna. It's a privilege. And I can't wait to, I love talking with you. (laughs) Today could be the day we bomb it. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Maybe. It hasn't happened yet, but you never know. It's kind of like cooking. I say I'm a good cook and I go, it could be the day that I, I ruin it. <laughs> um, so Judy, I'm really curious, how, how did you come across the principles? I just got really lucky. I, it was, it was probably the worst time in my life. I'd, I'd literally been up at three in the morning, Googling how to commit suicide. So nobody knows. It's all I'd oh, thought about wow. for weeks, <laughs> literally all I had thought about. And I was so desperate to end my pain, end my suffering that I thought that could be my way out. If I could find a way to do it so my family didn't have to know, that would be okay. <laughs> I, so I didn't want them to think she didn't love me enough to stick around. But yeah, if I could make it look like an accident, that would be okay. And I could end my pain. And I didn't find anything can I mean I I bawled my eyes out for hours and I went back to bed completely exhausted and the next day I got up and I was never one despite my decades of depression and anxiety I was never one to hang around in bed I would make myself go to work I would make myself get out in the garden and I see now that that was wisdom too as hard as it was to get started, it was usually equally as hard to stop. I'll just do this a little bit more. And it was my habit to listen to something as I would work. And I see that that was wisdom too. If I was listening to somebody else, I didn't have to listen to me, at least not so much. <laughs> On this particular day, I'd selected something and it finished and the autoplay on YouTube selected Michael Neal and it's it's so funny because I instantly didn't like him (laughs) I was convinced that this man wanted to sell me something and I wasn't interested I wasn't buying and I was actually kind of angry that I was stuck listening to him there was some reason I can't remember if, if my my computer was too far away it was on the end of an extension cord and or my hands were too dirty, but there was a reason I was, I had to keep listening to this man 
and he was interviewing a bunch of people that had done super coach and they were talking about what a difference it had made for them and I just even though I didn't want to listen I guess I heard enough to get curious what was this thing they were talking about and and I was kind of surprised because I thought I'd tried everything you know decades of <laughs> therapists searching books programs medication I but I'd never heard of this thing called the three principles and so later that night I went searching and I found someone's blog and I just read it and the next morning I woke up and my anxiety that was so bad at that time it was seven out of ten 24 hours a day at least that's how it seemed to me and I thought I had a bunch of reasons for my depression and anxiety my mum had passed away of cancer my dad now had cancer my daughter had a head injury and all that happened within a few months and I like literally I lost 12 kg I was so stressed <laughs> the weight just fell off me and then I, it's interesting looking back because I was actually starting to feel better and then something else happened and that was the proverbial straw when all I thought about for weeks was wanting to die and I'm just so grateful because overnight my life changed the anxiety reduced and it was so funny it you know, I'd start to feel anxious and often it would come with a hmm you must have some anxious thinking thought. Do you remember what you heard or what you saw because what you're speaking about is is radical. Yeah um I don't remember anything specific it just the logic of it it just seemed to make sense that yeah, we feel we're thinking, not what's happening in the world. And, and that, it just, it just settled me down. I, I don't honestly, and, and I was frustrated and like the depression and the suicidal ideation, that took a lot longer to shift. I still was in a low mood for a long time, but there was more, there was hope. There was hope that it could be different. I, um, I, I mean, it just seems, I, I'm sorry, I'm so dumbfounded by this because I, I, I think it's crazy. It sounds crazy to think that you can come across an understanding and, it, and overnight you can just notice because you saw something, you feel better. Yeah. And not even know what it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah just, but but yeah, you knew it was in, it. in this. Yeah. I knew enough to keep was, looking. Yeah. Like you could tell whatever you were reading or whatever you were listening to, you could tell that it was making a difference, but you didn't know what it was. And, and then you 
you kept looking, is that correct? Yes. I, I was really lucky because around that time, it was back in February 2016, and Dr. Bill Pettit started to do a series of webinars that where he pulled apart the diagnostic statistics manual. And so I think he did about 14 free webinars. And you know, he would have one on depression, one on trauma, one on, you know. And I got to attend quite a few of them live, the ones that weren't at, you know, too crazy a time. I got to hear more. I got to hear some, some really powerful stories. And yeah, for the first time in a long time, I just had so much hope that it could be different. And oh, wow. it, yeah, I was somebody that had pretty much given up. Yeah, I'd been told by my doctors, by, <laughs> by people that there was something wrong with me. I'd need to be on medication for the rest of my life. And at one point, I was taking seven times the amount of medication that had initially seemed helpful. And that scared the bejesus <laughs> out of me. <laughs> like, you can imagine, it was kind of like, I was so caught up in, well, what will I do when they can't increase the medication anymore? You can Say imagine. Again. We, we, I, so just so you know, hold on, my inner, um, I, I just can't believe, um, I mean, I can and I can't because, I mean, it's so, I'm sorry, I'm dumbfounded because my experience of you since we've met, because in this writing class, and then you've come on these calls, you found me where, like, you found me, you, you found me. Yes. We were on it, but you found me, and then we started talking. That's why I got to learn a little bit of your story, is meeting you and talking to you right now, if you hadn't told me, I would never look at you and thought, oh, well, there's a depressed person. There's somebody who struggled all of her life. My experience of you is somebody who's fully engaged and alive in life. And so part of me right now in having this conversation, I'm, I'm struck by it. I, it is so funny, Anna, because one of the things I've found difficult is, you know, so many people talk about coming home and until I had this conversation, this understanding, I had no idea what home was. I hadn't a clue. How do you see it now? I see that there's this wellness inside of me, a resilience and a capacity for, for everything I could ever have wished for, creativity, confidence um the ability to connect and love people um all the things i thought that i didn't have it was there all along but it, it was just buried with insecurity that started at such a young age that i had i had no idea like you know i as i grew up you you felt good when good things happened and you felt bad most of the time. Um, 
you know, it's, it's so interesting what you just said. And I know you're a horse person, but it's like all the manure covered home. Yeah. But, and it started at such a young age, it just became familiar. Yeah. As a toddler, I used to, I had eczema over my entire body so badly that I would have to wear gloves (laughs) because otherwise I would scratch myself raw. And, and yeah, I always thought that I was shy. Everyone told me I was shy. And, and now I see that I would, I would literally go to, you know, I would make myself do things. And then when I just couldn't stand the feelings anymore, I would leave and I would leave a lot. And I, and I see now actually just recently, one of the most recent things I've seen is when I couldn't handle the pain of, um, you know, it might be something someone said to me that you know, felt really personal. If I couldn't, if I couldn't handle it, I would just avoid that person. Yeah, and and I I'm kind of musing just lately how many opportunities I lost because I just ran away and hid. Mm. And you, know, what beautiful friendships I might have had if mm. if I would have just shown up and had another go. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you know, Kathy Casey, who's in the three principal worlds. One of my favorite lines, and I've never talked to her, but Michael Neal shared this. She would always say, oh, well, yeah. the people she brought this. And, you know, we can do that. And we can see it. But God, I see how you show up now. Thank you. I, I, I mean, we're here right now because you showed up and you were interested. I mean, this sounds egotistical, but you wanted to meet me or know me or something like that. That's mm-hmm. what you said. I don't know that that was the truth. Um, but you showed up. Mm. I, I'd been listening to your writing in class, Anna. And yeah, that's what I aspire to to write better, I want to be able to write my stories. And I, I've been really struggling with the writing thing. That's that's certainly an area where I still have <laughs> plenty of insecure thinking. And um, yeah, of course I would go and look for something that could be helpful. And, and it has been. It's so interesting, like you say it, like it's common sense. But I can't imagine 10 years ago, you would have done that. No. No, 10 years ago, I would never even have tried. I wouldn't be in the writing class in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been at home bawling my eyes out and wondering, why do I feel so bad? My life's a my life's actually pretty good. I've got a nice house. I've got two wonderful children, a great husband. Why do I feel so bad? I used to compare myself to other people and I honestly believed that they had something I didn't. Yeah, I would see people that would have horrific things happen in their lives and, and they would recover and yet I was miserable 
so much of the time and I kind of felt like I had no reason to be as miserable as I was. And just feeling bad about that was part of what kept me stuck. <laughs> it sounds a bit silly, but oh my goodness, I'm so creative when it comes to making myself miserable. Well, aren't we all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but if we don't understand like the power of thought, like how we, we can create anything, but that, that just shows, I mean, it just shows how powerful we are. Like, like, it's not good or bad. It's just, wow, look at what we can do. We can create it. We are so powerful. We can create a miserable life. <laughs> we certainly can. And yet, it's kind of funny, Anna, because... I see that when the really, really bad stuff has happened, for the most part, it's almost like I settled down and I know what to do, I know what to say, because there is no personal thinking. I, and it amazes me, like, how beautiful the system is. And so you know, that thing that I thought that I was missing, it was there all along. I just was too busy-minded to find it. Well, you know, it, it's so interesting. Um, if, you, if all you've seen and paid attention to is manure, You would just keep picking it up and thinking that's it innocently. Mm -hmm. And then you would add more because that's all you know. But then all of a sudden you heard something of clarity. You heard something that wasn't manure and you felt the truth. Mm -hmm. And what strikes me about you is because of, um, I, I did a keto and and in martial arts, they teach you to learn by contrast, like the bodies learn by contrast. And when you speak, the contrast is so strong, you can't not listen to it. You can't not hear it. Hmm. Wow. It's captivating. Gosh, thank you. Um, because it's I, so clear to you now. Well, it, it is, and I mean, oh my God, it's been life-changing. And that's not to say I don't, I still get caught up, but I think the big difference for me now is that I was so shut down. I, I grew up, you know, in a household that there was a lot of yelling and a lot of smacking and a, and a lot of, I'll give you something to cry about. I learned to suppress and try and control my emotions as best I could and they just showed up in other ways you know they showed up as eczema <laughs> they showed up as depression and and anxiousness and social anxiety and shyness yeah I see now I'm not shy at all 
I love talking. <laughs> it's pretty hard to shut me up. <laughs> and and yet sometimes I'll still be really shy. It's almost like a um, a wave of that pre- previous energy. I don't know how else to describe it, but it will kind of hit me and I'll be sitting in a social situation. I'll suddenly feel really shy. Mm. And it's completely okay because I know that some, oh, it's actually what, what Linda Pettit sometimes would call tender spot. And I'm like, some memory, some tender spot has been energized <laughs> and I'm feeling yeah. that without any awareness of any particular thought. And it's okay, it, it, it'll move on. And I just kind of, yeah, I might sit quietly for a few minutes, maybe even a little bit longer if I need to. I can just listen and sort of almost like, I feel like sometimes I'm, I just sit. And I know that at some stage, I'll, I'll want to jump back into the conversation. But what, Judy, what you're, you're pointing to is again I'm going to say it's radical because most human beings have been rereading the power of now for about the I don't know how many times 20th time and I've just learned how to be present with whatever comes up whatever arises I just notice and be aware of it and not have to do anything about it knowing that it will pass yeah it has nothing to do with the circumstances, nothing to do with the people in front of me. It's just, and that's what you're doing. And that is to be present to that discomfort. It's radical. Well, it's kind of funny, actually, because allowing myself to feel it, it's never been as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah. And even at my worst, it's kind of, I, I just, it's almost like I can have this storm of energy and allow it myself to just feel it and then it will pass. Yeah. And that's the truth of all energy. Yeah. Unless I keep picking it up. I've been, I've been, um, the way that I know this is true is there are times where I was riding a bike one time with my boyfriend and I thought I was going to faint or get sick and I just was present with it. And I just told them, I said, okay, we need to slow down and I need to just see what happens here. And we rode and, and sure enough, in a couple of minutes, the energy changed. But if I had said, oh, I'm sick, you know, I need to go home, it would have been locked in my mind rather than just be present with what's arising. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still have, you know, as Sid says, life's a full contact sport. But for most of the time, I can ride the roller coaster with with more grace Mm -hmm. than I could ever have imagined and 
I'll take that. And I'm still reactive and mess up in my life and have things I have to go back and apologize for. I'm that's human. Beauty. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of it. But we're, I love what you said. And I think that that's what's on offer for people is they can have a more graceful life and be more present and enjoy it if they have this understanding. And I think that you're, you know, it's rare. I don't know if it's rare. I don't know why I keep saying that word. I think everything's rare and I like it. <laughs> um, but I so appreciate you sharing honestly, you sharing your experience, the, the contrast, the before and after. I've been blessed to have so many stories of where it's where I've seen things, you know, insights, and I just feel so lucky. You know, there's a, a, a guy, Donnie Epstein, he says, your pain is your greatest gift to share with the world. Mm. And so my, my um, we're coming to the end of this. I can't believe it. It went like that. Um, my wish is that you do continue to write and learn because you, what your story and what you have to share in life to people would make such a big impact. It already has. It impacted me. It, and it would go on. Mm. So, yeah. Um, my question for people is where do they find you? Um, on Facebook, probably is the easiest place to okay. send me a message, or um, I could give you my email address as well. Okay, great. Well, all that will be in the bio. And so, Judy, I can't thank you enough. I feel, mm. I feel tender talking to you oh thank you can i just say anybody that's interested please reach out this i love having conversations with people i'm not trying to sell something i just i just want for people to have a chance to explore something that might change their life <laughs> just that <laughs> just that just, just that. that yeah great we'll all be there okay thank you